0: Welcome to the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast, Andy Olson and Brett Barons with you today on a a day that a lot of fans probably want to forget quickly, Illinois in the round of 32 here on Sunday playing Houston, the 4-versus-5 matchup in the South Region, Illinois coming out flat, just really unable to keep up with Houston on the day as the Cougars Take this one. They were the favorites going in, at least in Vegas. And I guess, according to the analytics, 68-53 the final. Illinois falls, and they end their season 23-10 and for the year. A whole lot of implications and a whole lot of storylines with a lot of these seniors riding off into the sunset now having played their last game. And a big decision coming up in the offseason. It feels like there's always a decision and the offseason, though, for the Illini, Brett. We'll start with you. Your boots on the ground in Pittsburgh all weekend. The season comes to, we can call it an early end for the team that had talked about needing to get to the <laughs> for so long. And Brett, I mean, it's you know, it just felt like there was no energy out there for Illinois for a lot of the game.
1: Yeah, it was really too little, too late in that sense. Came out, it was seven to five, and you know they were competing early. Yet, falling behind on the offensive glass, uh, they were only minus four in offensive rebounds, but it felt like way more than that in the arena during the game. Uh, they just really struggled to match Houston's size, athleticism, their length, and it, and it showed when you don't make shots that it's really, really tough to win. And, yeah, I give a lot of credit to Houston because I thought its defense was phenomenal for most of the game, and they really got into – the heads of a couple of Illini players, mainly um, Coleman Hawkins, who struggled. He goes one for five from the field, really doesn't play that much overall. Andre Capello only plays 10 minutes, goes over for the game. And, you know, uh, it just was a tough offensive day, all things considered. And yet they still found themselves in this game at 47-45 and down a couple of points midway through the second half. And I felt like, Houston was giving Illinois chances to win, just like Chat Chattanooga gave Illinois chances to win. And this time, Illinois couldn't put it together as Houston closes the game on a big stretch. And uh, and they win it convincingly. And look, credit to Houston, but they were the better team. I mean, uh, watching the game in the arena today, there was no doubt who the better team was, and it, it was Houston.
0: Yeah, and it seemed that way on TV as well. I mean, when Houston... Starts out in the hot streak that they had going. And it looked like maybe Illinois had, you know, solved some of their issues that they had against Chattanooga. They're hitting their first shot, going up 3 nothing. Coleman Hawkins from three. But that ended up being the only shot that Hawkins hits for the day. And then the freshmen come in towards the end of the second half. And like, all right, Illinois has some rhythm going. And Trent Frazier knocks down the three right before halftime to cut it to a four-point uh um, Houston lead at, at that point. But Frazier, only two field goals for the day, which is just more of what we saw in, in that first game of the NCAA tournament against Chattanooga. Plummer, uh, only two makes as well. They were both from three. He ends up two and ten from the field. Kofi Coburn, the only one in double digits for the Alani, He only had 11 shots total from the field. And even though Houston was playing him uh, pretty rough, just the same way Chattanooga was. It seems like guys had figured out that's really the way to play Kofi, is get physical with him and make him uncomfortable in that regard. And it seemed to work again uh, because he didn't get the chance to take a lot of shots. And credit to him for making most of the ones that he did take. But uh, you were kind of hoping with, with the outside shot not working, that Kofi more involved in there. Uh, so let's start. Or let's keep going with with in that direction. Brett Kofi. I mean, the big day and the you know the the other seniors and the veterans, the upperclassmen, not doing enough when when it really mattered in this one, and, and they really haven't. If you include uh, the Big Ten tournament in the first round for the entire postseason.
1: Yeah, and I've said all along, Andy. I think it, it's going to come down to Kofi Coburn, and, and he has a pretty good game today, all things considered. Takes 11 shots, though, and I thought you'd like to see that number a little bit higher. He goes six for 11, seven for seven from the free throw line. That's a big-time improvement from Friday night when he went five for 10 and really didn't look comfortable at the stripe. And so he goes for 19, and and I don't really think that's a bad day, so to speak, for Kofi. But it's also not a great day, and Illinois needed Kofi to be great. They needed some guards to help them out, and and that's just not the case today. And, and that's why Illinois is, is you know already at home here as we tape this on a Sunday night because. You didn't get much from Plummer, you know, two for 10, two from seven from beyond the arc. And, you know, you, when you add DeMonte Williams going over and Trent Frazier only making two shots, where does the offense come from? And, and that's the difficult part. When you don't pair anything around Coburn, it's it's just difficult for the offense to get in any kind of a rhythm. And then when Curbelo doesn't play the second half, what would called a coach's decision now you're really stressing the offense and combine it with the fact that Houston has so much length. They get in the passing lanes and, and they make it really, really difficult because of their rebounding, especially you only get one time down the floor. Now you've got a recipe for really, really tough offense. And, and I think it got in their head. They didn't make shots here down the stretch of the season. You go back to Michigan at Michigan where you feel like this team is on an upward trajectory and I just really haven't seen that same type of urgency or trajectory since.
0: Yeah, Grandison played four minutes, but of course still seemed to be bothered by that shoulder that he injured against Penn State uh, towards the end of the regular season. Benjamin Bossman's Verdunk gets two minutes, doesn't record uh, a stat on the box sheet. No Omar Payne in this one. He did not come off the bench. So that means Coburn played 38 minutes in this one, which was probably not what a lot of people expected, but that's... I mean, what Illinois needed in the end, because if he didn't play those 38 minutes, they probably would have lost by, by even more than needed every single one of those. But with Williams not performing, with Frazier, it just seemed like the upperclassmen had a rough day all around. And that was not the case for the freshman. Melendez with nine, Goody with six. You could see that Underwood wanted to make that adjustment early because it came in about midway through the first half when You know, Illinois was struggling from the field. And these are two guys that both of the freshmen didn't see the court in the first round against Chattanooga. So you could, Underwood understood that something needed to change, something needed to give, or else this one might have gotten out of hand. And it just seemed like the freshmen, and I want to know your perspective being there, Brett. It seemed like the freshmen maybe didn't know better uh, to be afraid of the moments where it, it felt like some of the upperclassmen were maybe more passive. Demonte Williams, um, Turned down a couple of open looks to to drive the lane. Hawkins, I know one time in particular had a completely wide open look and passed off to Curbelo, who who shot a really long three, which is not really part of his game and probably shouldn't have taken. But and when the freshmen got in there, in got in there, they just weren't playing with fear, which is what Illinois ultimately needed for the game. And at that point in the game,
1: yeah, the Cougs were just giving Coleman and Curbelo open looks. They were just daring them to shoot and. They both did early, and they were open looks early, and none of it fell. And and then that's when you saw both of those guys getting really passive in that sense. And it was just a difficult day to generate offense. And and I think it especially goes back to when is struggling and then Trent's running the point and Trent's struggling. Like, where does this offense come from? You know, it's all based on Kofi. And when Houston was doubling or tripling Kofi, the pass out just is not as lethal because, okay, shoot it. You know, like Houston's going to take its chances on Illinois's guards missing. And they did, by and large. You know, and, and when you look at the numbers here of of what Illinois uh, shooters, specifically Plummer, has done in the last couple of games, he, he finishes his career with 98 threes at Illinois, which is a great number. But, you know, his last couple of games here, he goes two for seven, three for eight, two for seven, two for six, one for four. And it's just a tough way to end the season, you know, not making one game in that stretch of five. He had three every one every other game is two or less, you know. And when he's a high volume shooter like that, it's just it's really tough. You know, you miss the not that he's gonna go six for nine or eight for ten every game like he did against Ohio State and Michigan, but like you need that you need that number at, you know, probably three or four, if not five. For Illinois to feel really good about what it's getting from Alfonso Plumber, and um, I don't know, I think I just it was really, really difficult. You know, that's that's my big takeaway. That that offense was just not there. Uh, I think you got to give credit to both teams, you know, for that. I, I think it's part Chattanooga, part Houston of the struggles of Illinois and the shooting. But I think also at the same point. Illinois just got to make the shots. You know, if you're open, Coleman, you got to make the shot. If you're Alfonso, you got to make the shot. Trent, same thing. And Trent was really limited with his eye. I mean, it it did look better today. But overall, I I think he was very, very limited with what he could see and and how comfortable he was from, you know, shooting standpoint with with his eye. Because it's definitely
0: swollen. Did it seem like some of those upperclassmen were – afraid of that moment because on TV it certainly felt like that with the amount of open looks cuz they did have a lot of open looks that they took there's a lot of open looks that they passed up early in the game and I'm talking you know first half of the first half uh area that you know they just kept driving and it se- felt like they could have settled for some really good shots from the outside that they just for some reason decided not to take
1: yeah, and I think part of that, too, and Brad Underwood mentioned this after the game, is, is Jacob Grandison, who played a little bit today but was very, very limited and goes out in the Penn State game a couple of weeks ago and and has the shoulder injury. And really, it's just not been the same since doing that. I don't, probably is in pain and it's not comfortable. Uh, but he was just a non-factor to shoot. So when he was on the court, it was essentially five on four, you know. Uh, at least five on four to half, so uh, I think I think that makes a big difference in their offense and also their defense. But I uh, think I think mainly the offense for what Illinois was trying to do and just out of a rhythm here down the stretch. And that's the unfortunate part. You know, it's like any other sport, especially baseball or football, and a wild card team, Marsh Madness for sure. You, you just want to be hot at the right time of the year, and, and that wasn't the case for Illinois.
0: Before we get on to looking at the season as a whole, I want to get your thoughts on now Houston versus what we assume is going to be Arizona. Again, we're recording this on Sunday night before that Arizona TCU game happens. Houston, you know, might be primed for, for the upset there. They looked really good in this one.
1: Yeah. I think that's going to be a great game between Houston and Arizona, both long athletic um, and really get after it on both ends of the court. So, uh, I think Houston-Arizona would be a great Sweet 16 matchup. I know Illinois is disappointed. It's not going to get to make a trip to San Antonio here, and, and it should be. It's 17 straight years. Illinois has not made it to the Sweet 16, and and that is absolutely disappointing for a program like Illinois. So, um, you know, but like we said, Houston's the better team, and, and the shooting just overall, Andy, I mean, at the end of the year here, the shooting has just not been there. Um, somebody asked me the other day when when they thought Illinois peaked. And I said, well, I think the Wisconsin game was really good at home. And I think the Michigan game in Ann Arbor was really good. Um, but that's probably the peak moments. You know, you, you make some losses there in between. And, and just the inconsistency, I think, is, is what's really going to linger with this team. And um, the fact that, you know, you had key guys at the end of the year here really struggling to do much. You know, when you got Trent Frazier going one of six today, oh, five on Friday, two of six in the Indiana game. 0 of 5 in the Iowa game and 2 of 5 in the Penn State game. I mean, like, that's really, really difficult. That dude ends with 5 of um, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 27, 5 of 27 in his final one, two, three, four, five games. You know, like, that's from three. That's really difficult. You know, that stresses Illinois' offense so much. So that's what I'm going to remember about the end of this season is that Illinois was not peaking and that the shooting was just not there. Even the Iowa game when they wanted home, they remember they had to find a way to grind it out in the second half. It wasn't all that pretty in the first half, and, and they found a way to do it. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's really going to be a, a sour taste here at the end of the season once again.
0: So two years in a row that they're bringing home a championship banner, they're going to raise a championship banner, they're getting rings last year for the Big Ten tournament title, this year for the Big Ten regular season title. but As you said, no Sweet 16 appearances either one of those years, 17 years, 2005 was the last time the Alana made it to the Sweet 16 that second weekend. Does that stat sully what Illinois has done over the past two seasons?
1: Yeah, I think for the fan base, it absolutely does because that's what these coaches and teams are judged by is March fair, or unfair? It just is what it is. They're you're judged by what you do and and the run you make in March. Now, I will say, I think winning the Big Ten regular season title is so much more validating than just getting hot in March. You know what I mean? But that's what people remember. You know, when we look back on this era of Illinois basketball, we're going to say Iowa and Kofi were here and they didn't make it to a Sweet Sixteen. You know. Uh, That's super frustrating. I I get that. Uh, That is disappointing in the fact that you had, what, three All-American seasons? And and what did you get for it? You got two titles, yes. And that's all great. But most people remember runs in March, not the titles.
0: So going into the offseason now, it seems like for the third year in a row, Illinois has a player that is going to make a big decision, Kofi Coburn. Last year, it seemed like maybe he was gone for good to the NBA. He was selling some of his gear. He was telling our very own Marley Weirda that he was 100% into the NBA drafts. And then things changed. And then he came back and he had another season uh, with the Alana. I'm sure NIL played a huge part in that. The ability for college athletes to make some money while they're still playing in college. And I think that's going to play a major factor into his decision this offseason. Brett Right now, as we head into the offseason, and maybe this is too forward looking, where does your gut stand on the on the will he or won't he return?
1: Oh man, we're gonna do this again all the way through July. We are all probably draft <laughs> process. Um man, I don't I don't know, Andy. I think it's so tough. There's so many variables in there. I think he'll test the waters again. Um because why not?
0: Mm-hmm. And, and because we'll, I don't I don't believe there's a cap on that anymore he can continue to test the NBA draft waters if he likes
1: correct that's what I believe uh, so I, I think yeah oh man I'm gonna say he goes but I also said that last year <laughs> and he came back so if, if he does come back he can be the all-time points leader he'll be the all-time rebounds leader he already is the all-time double-double leader like I think he can truly cement his name as one of the best players, if not the best player of all time in Illinois, if he comes back, I don't know what that means to him, if anything, but I think that'd be pretty cool uh, for him to leave a legacy that is the best ever, you know, Um, if he really wants that, I I think that's pretty neat.
0: Yeah. And uh, with, of course, the NIL money versus what you could possibly make in the NBA, it's becoming really close and the the waters are very muddy there it's at this point it's very hard to tell so if anybody sees this because I I know Brett you get this question a lot whether or not he's coming back or not and I've gotten the question as well we have no idea right now I don't think even Kofi knows what he's going to do at this moment so it'll become clearer as the summer goes along but it's definitely a wait and see at the moment Trent Frazier Demonte Williams Alfonso Plummer their college careers are over they're out of eligibility I remember last year at this time it was a different conversation because we were talking about well they have the COVID year they could come back that's not the case this year people have extended their stay they, they've they used their COVID year uh, another person to keep an eye on Jacob Grandison had his senior moment had the ceremony and everything went along with the other seniors but technically has one more year of eligibility remaining as well. Austin Hutcherson is another one to look at coming off an injury. He sat for a year because of transfer rules has now missed two seasons in a row because of injuries that he sustained that were season-ending. Uh, so those, those three, Coburn, Hutcherson, and Grandison, will be really interesting to see what happens in the offseason. Of course, Illinois with three signees coming in in the class of 22, making up for those three guys leaving. So if there will be any transfers in it's going to have to be some transfers out as well. And we're going to talk about all this, I'm sure, as it all unfolds in this offseason. But Brett, 23-10, and 15-5 season for the Illini. So far removed from where guys like Trent and DeMonte started with this program when they were a bottom feeder, really, in the Big Ten. The Big Ten. As we wrap up this episode, this conversation, this entire season, let's wrap it up with the legacy of specifically those two guys, Trent and DeMonte, sticking with this program and really just changing the course of what Illinois basketball is.
1: Yeah. And I think that's what Trent's going to be remembered for is the guy that really sparked it all And, and DeMonte too, but Trent was a better player than DeMonte. So uh, I think that's going to be his legacy and, and the, the one of the guys and the lead guy, you know, I O is the star, but Trent was the one that was there first, you know, back in 2017 and, and he really took the lead on a lot of that. And so, um, I think they'll be paired and I hope Trent is remembered fondly uh, because he really did stick it out and he became a really good player, became a fantastic defender. He was not that when he started. I uh, didn't know how to play defense at all and really invested in his game and himself and, and brought Underwood's teaching and, um, you know, got Illinois basketball back on the map, you know, five years ago, if you would have told the Illinois fans, everyone won a big 10 title. They would have taken that no matter what the outcome was in the NCAA tournament. So, it's all about perspective in that. And, um, and Illinois is back. Now it's on to keeping Illinois basketball on the map. That's going to be the tough part when you're replacing potentially an entire starting lineup in there. If, if you list off all those guys, like you did, you can get a starting lineup out of that. I don't think Jacob Grannison will come back because he'll be 25 next year. <laughs> like, hey, you know, and move on with your life. Either go play professionally or, do whatever you're going to do, but he has the option to, to come back. I, I would be shocked if he did, um, you know, and so it'll, it'll look different next year. Even if Kofi comes back, I, I still think they will have to do some things differently, but um, especially if he does not come back, Illinois basketball is, is going to uh, definitely look differently on the court.
0: Yeah. It, it'll be interesting. We haven't even brought up Dane danger who is such a big recruit coming out of high school. And that storyline kind of got, lost throughout the season because his transfer into illinois happened in the middle of the year so that's gonna just another name to add into to everything i'm sure everyone is is working on their uh november sixth, 2022 whenever the opening game will be uh starting (laughs) lineups already uh but that will play out in the next few months and i'm sure we'll have uh lots to talk about then all right brett thank you so much great work this week from Pittsburgh, boots on the grounds, all the coverage from Pennsylvania and the Steel City of Illinois' NCAA Tournament run. Your first time covering the NCAA Tournament. I'm sure it was fun. You can watch Brett's story, his report from Pittsburgh about this end of the season and then ending it not the way that Illinois would have wanted to. That's on WCIA.com right now. You can check it out there. And, Brett, it was, it was a fun season to cover, and I'm sure... Uh, you and I will both look back fondly on this year because I had a lot of good moments for the Illini. And uh, here's to even better coverage uh, next year when we get started again in a, about uh, seven, eight months from now.
1: Yeah, it was a good season overall. Like you said, there was some high points. There were certainly some low points. Uh, you know, when you look at 23-10, and 10, I think there's still some things to be desired there on the overall record. But 15-5 and five in conferences, fantastic, you know. and mm-hmm. To go thirteen and three at home, this there, this was an overall successful season, and, and that's really difficult to look at objectively in the moment and of today when there's disappointment for of fans. But um, yeah, I, I think I think it was a positive season overall, especially considering Andy everything they had to go through. You know, from COVID to all the injuries to um, just the laundry list of things that did not go their way. And yet they were able to come out and still win a big 10 championship and uh, a regular season one at that is is pretty remarkable. So credit where it's due to Illinois. And uh, now the key is trying to build off of it and uh, what kind of personnel and players you can get for next year. So we'll see what happens. But it was fun, man. Fun ride this season. And I appreciate everybody following along both on air, online on the podcast, pregame shows, postgame press conferences. We did a lot, and I'm super proud of it. And, uh, yeah, let's uh, take a little break and then fire it up again. we got spring football coming this week.
0: That's right. Yeah, Brett, thanks so much. I'm going to echo what you said. Thank you so much for listening along all season long after almost every single game here on the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast where we break it down. We will be back next season, but like Brett said, we're going to have a little break here coming up. Uh, as we head into the summer spring football coming up, that's what you can look forward to uh, coming up this week on w, in, in the coming weeks on WCIA.com and, of course, on air on WCIA 3. So that's all we have for this season, for this episode. For Brett, I'm Andy. Thanks so much for listening along all season long.